Coming to you from the heart of the heartland, you're listening to Life Chat, a podcast designed to help independent agents make life easy. It's important to note the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of EMC National Life. Now it's time to get things started. Let's join our life insurance team. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today. This is Life Chat. Uh, today, uh, obviously, I am Rob Oxenford, and I've got uh, Kurt Till with me. And we are joined today by our communications coordinator, Anna Nielsen. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit more of a um, question and answer session here. Uh, Anna is new to the... Uh, Mixing it up. Yes. To the insurance industry and life insurance industry. Correct. Yep. What did you do before? Yeah. Before, I worked for the Iowa Funeral Directors Association doing their communications. Oh, so So you have dealt in... Kind of. No way. Yeah. I didn't work directly with families in that Mm -hmm. sense, but I have an idea of what life insurance is. So what exactly did you do? Um, I worked on our publications, uh, whether that be print or online, our social media on Facebook, our website, all that jazz. So here's a question. How big is the Iowa Funeral Directors Association in the state of Iowa? Uh, we have over 700 members. Oh, wow. Um, I'm not sure the percentage of that is, or how many are in the state of Iowa. Sure. Compared to that. 700, though. Yeah. That's over a good 400 number. funeral homes, too. If you think about it, every town mm-hmm. has a funeral home. That is true. And it's some, uh, some consolidation around that, too, I feel well, like. A lot of yeah. them are buying mm-hmm. each other up type of deal. Almost like insurance companies. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. happening a lot in the insurance industry. I'm not sure I've heard that much, but there's a lot, a lot of consolidation going on. Uh-huh. We've talked about it a couple times on this podcast about just how that's affecting the industry as a whole and how it's affecting companies like ourselves and how we have to interact almost differently with some of these consolidations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. Well, we're very happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy <laughs> to be here. And we're excited for your questions. Good. Podcast debut. Uh-huh. Kurt and I have a wealth of useless and life insurance knowledge, <laughs> so uh, we're ready <laughs> to put it to the test. <laughs> cool. Well, how long have you been in the insurance industry? I've been in 12 years. 12 years? Mm-hmm. 12 years. I basically grew up in the insurance industry. My dad has been an insurance He's agent a prodigy. for 42 years. Um, so um, I was one of those kids who grew up uh, making copies in the office, filling oh, out okay. applications, all those Free fun labor. things. Uh-huh. Um, so my family friends are all insurance agents. So spent most of my weekends growing up talking about insurance. But I personally have been in it for uh, 19 years now. Been wow. licensed since nice. uh, 2000. So. They all married insurance yeah. <laughs> agents, had little insurance agents, yep. babies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone gets a little life policy. It's great. It's great. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's so funny that I've actually been in this industry long enough that I had a uh, family friend who was at a uh, continuing ed up in Cedar Falls mm-hmm. and they played a video and he was sitting there watching it. And he's like, God, I know that guy. It was me. <laughs> in the video. Eight-year-old Rob <laughs> on the phone <laughs> making appointments. Yeah, exactly. Just signing apps, going for it. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a long history, but uh, it's been a good one. It's been a good one. Nice. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just start with my first question. Yeah. Uh, why do I need life insurance? As a young woman with mm-hmm. no dependents, why do I need life insurance? You have any debt? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Go. Who's going to pay go. for that debt when you're gone? Who do you love? Who do you owe? Mm-hmm. 
And that's something we bank. talk about talk yeah. about quite a bit here is that um, there's a lot of things that happen uh, when you pass away and it really does affect your loved ones, number one. And mm-hmm. that, a lot of that is debt. It's going to affect mm-hmm. them. But also a lot of times when we um, say from your parents' perspective, um, we usually kind of talk about taking out policies on your children and that is to give you time. So, you know, when you, um, you know, we don't want anything to happen to you. First off, let's start there. But I have a feeling in this talk, we're going to kill you off quite a bit. So yeah. <laughs> in this example, so sorry. Um, but, you know, when you, someone passes away like that, uh, some people do need time. They're not going to go right back to work. And they need to have something to not only uh, bury and do a you know, proper memorial service, but also take, you know, six months off of work, something like that, to be able to recoup and feel ready to go back. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. you're young. You're a female. You're healthy. Oh, that's How right. cheap is it going to be to get life insurance in place? Very cheap. Mm-hmm. I would say a policy on you versus me. My policy would be, I don't know, six times more expensive. Oh, <laughs> really? Easily, easily. And that's a funny thing because a lot of times when we're talking to, uh, um, we do benefit fairs and things like mm-hmm. that. When you're talking to me, it's like, oh, you know, well, I'll say I got one through work. I'll get one after I retire. Like when you're 65 and you try to get life insurance, you will not believe how expensive it will be. It will not be worth it. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to start as young as possible. Yeah. Easily. Mm-hmm. And you'd be shocked at how much it costs. If I got life insurance now and mm-hmm. it was at that low of a rate, mm-hmm. does it stay that way the rest of my life? Or does it depend on the type of insurance? It's going to depend on the type. There so you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. 5, 10, 15, 25, 35, 30 year term. Mm-hmm. Think of term like renting. Okay. If you get a 30-year term, every premium payment for 30 years is going to be exactly the same. Okay. But Never after, but after mm-hmm. 30 years, yep. now what? Suddenly now you're 30 years older mm-hmm. and you're looking at a new policy. You know, health okay. health could have mm-hmm. come into question somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why the biggest thing, so when you're kind of looking at the two, is when we have permanent products, especially looking at whole life, when you purchase mm-hmm. it, you're locked in. Your whole life. Yeah, until you pass away. As long as you pay that premium, mm-hmm. I guarantee it's going to pay out. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing we can say, I guarantee, <laughs> in this business. But okay. one thing that is kind of nice, though, is when you do get, say, like a 30-year term, as an example. That's mm-hmm. usually, I think, the number one term, like 20 and 30-year usually purchased, um, is that a lot of policies have what they call conversion in it. So you can buy a 30-year term, and as time goes, you've kind of guaranteed your insurability. So they'll look at your age when you convert, say, a portion of it, but you're at least can guaranteed to have it. You'll probably pay more, but at least you're locked in. And the key mm-hmm. was that whether you bought, if you bought it today, even if it's thirty year term, you at least did something to yeah. set up. Because you don't yeah. always have to convert the whole thing. But mm-hmm. also, if you did a term and so you got super preferred, when you convert it, you get super preferred rates. Oh, no matter if you had. You could be smoking now and have cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get super preferred rates. One leg, oh, okay. walking around. Yeah, you name it. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Racing cars, scuba diving, jumping mm-hmm. out of planes, wrestling alligators. Repelling buildings. You're still super preferred Anna. So There we go. <laughs> um, what happens if I can't pay my premium? Ooh. Well, if you're on a term and, and universal life. Mm-hmm. There is a grace period. Yep. So it's basically okay. like a 30-day window they give you. Mm-hmm. Um, after that term, it'll lapse. Mm-hmm. Um, universal life, that will, what happened there, that's going to start getting technical. There are loans you can take out on them. It'll start pulling from the cash value. Mm-hmm. Um, so once cash value in a universal life gets eaten up, then it will lapse. And then sometimes also you'll see where policies will have a provision, uh, especially in like whole and UL policies, where um, 
you can actually reinstate it within like five years, but you have to pay all the back premiums. So in theory, it's a great idea, mm-hmm. um, especially if you suddenly have medical problems that come up that you can't get life insurance to be able to go back and say, hey, I want this policy. But it might cost you thousands of dollars to reinstate it. So, and that's kind of the nice thing about like a UL policy that Kurt mentioned is that you have that cash value that's kind of growing up. And so mm-hmm. if you suddenly reach a point where you can't make a payment, it will pull from that cash value. So that might get you, say, past two, three months of, let's say, unemployment or something like that, yeah. where you can kind of get back into the swing of things without just suddenly having to walk away from the policy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things is with that reinstatement, that's really kind of like I said, you had to have something that kind of happened that you need to get that policy back because mm-hmm. you can't get anything else. A lot of times it's having a conversation with your agent of, okay, where are we at right now? Let's just open a new policy but if it's like, well, that's not going to happen. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, looking for an agent, What? how should I go about that? Oh, okay. Well, first you reach out to EMC National Life. Oh, there you go. And then, <laughs> come to us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the nice thing is I always say uh, one thing I enjoy about Kurt and I's job is that uh-huh. we deal with agents all over the country. Um, and they're all independent agents, mm-hmm. which means that uh, when you're talking to them is that they can um, look at many different companies. 20, not yes. just one 30 company. different So they're not companies. what they call captive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like there are certain companies you only sell that, like State Farm. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you work for State Farm, you only still sell State Farm mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm. So if that's the thing is, is when you run to someone, say, who's... Not saying State Farm's a bad company. Yeah. I'm just saying that's <laughs> the way it's set up. Yeah. yeah. But if you run to a captive agent, um, they can only show you rates for that captive whoever their captive company is. That's all they can ever do. Mm-hmm. Whereas an uh, independent agent can you know, use Which us, is who we work them. with. Yes. Only mm-hmm. independents. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which I think always kind of gives, I feel, gives the client a little bit better experience because yeah. they have options. Uh, they can sit down with an agent who will give them three proposals and say, hey, these are three different mm-hmm. companies. Um, they all have something different about them. And a lot of times when we're working with agencies, since they do have so many choices, is we really build on that relationship. You know, if there's uh, certain things that we can do to help them with their clients, help them with marketing, to really show them that, you know, we're bringing value to this. Uh, so maybe we're presented first as a way of kind of mm-hmm. thanking us, right. <laughs> I guess lack of a better word. Uh, but for us, uh, nice thing is, is we have a direct relationship with those agencies too. So if they do have an issue or something like that, they're talking to us directly rather than say an insurance broker where there's kind of be like several layers they're talking to before they talk to an underwriter or ours can call and talk to an underwriter and so on. So if you need an agent, EMC National Life, and then we look where you live, and then we yeah. find you an agent close by. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I reach out to you, and then you find someone who sells yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. EMC National Life. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. want to pick somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's big, because it's not always price. Oh, no. Because whoever's cheap this year, I guarantee uh-huh. will not be the cheapest next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I know this This is kind of a scary thought at your age, but I always tell people, too, kind of going back to the trust factors, like, who do you want talking to your beneficiary when this goes? Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing. You mm-hmm. know, I, my, my, it's one thing my dad always said, and my dad's a big teddy bear, uh, always says, you know, hey, at some point, I'm going to have to sit down with this family's beneficiaries. I'm the one delivering the check. And do you want them having a conversation with me or someone who's been here for 10 seconds and then gone? Mm-hmm. You know, you right. bought something on the phone and then they never know who shows up. So, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, can you talk more about the cash value on policies? Is that mm-hmm. the right term? You yep. got it. <laughs> so <clears throat> so you have universal life. Uh-huh. The way it works is it's very flexible. You can pay as much premium as you want. You can pay as little premium as you want. 
if you're not paying uh, the premium you're paying, if you're not paying enough to pay your cost of insurance that comes out, it's going to take it from the cash value. That's what causes it to crash. Okay. Now, certain things with cash value, um, with ULs, you can take loans. Um, you can do paid up policies. Um, well, I say I yeah. usually yeah. Another example I would look at is like whole life. Yep. Um, so on like a term policy, it costs. Let's say you have a uh, hundred thousand dollars in term. The overall price premium you're paying is basically to pay for $100,000 in coverage. Mm -hmm. When you're looking at a whole life policy, for instance, it might be, let's say, also for $100,000. The premium is going to be a little bit more because there is that overriding cost of insurance, how much it costs for that $100,000. But we do have a little bit of extra we put to the side that accrues interest, and that kind of sits there kind of growing. For instances, like you mentioned, where say, I can't pay it, or I need to take a loan against it, it, it gives you a lot more flexibility and what you can do with the policy and what it can do for you, really. Um, you know, we've got some policies here where it's actually the interest you earn on it where you can look at, well, over the last 20 years I paid this much premium, but my cash value is $1,000 more than I've actually paid into it. So you've actually made money on mm-hmm. it. Okay. So And it kind of grows off to the side over here as kind of a almost like a safety net, I would say, you know, if you need to take it for something. Um, years ago, I bought a house and I took the money out for a down payment and it comes out as a loan. Mm-hmm. So it's off of the death benefit um, before I paid it back. And so it just kind of sits out there. But when you get your statement on a, a permanent policy, you'll see the cash value, your death benefit and as that grows. So, mm-hmm. And then with the UL, going back to that... Um, no matter what anybody ever tells you about life insurance, it's all based on term rates. Every year you get older, every year it gets more expensive. So the way UL, and imagine a bucket. And at the top of the bucket, you have 100000 And that's your death benefit. And then at the bottom of the bucket, you have $10,000 of cash value. This is a fancy bucket. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, awesome. It <laughs> so like I just told you, uh-huh. every year you get older, your cost of insurance goes up. So what happens if you pass away, your beneficiaries are going to get the 10000 cash and the difference to make the 100000 So the insurance company will pay another 90000 So you know, you get a little bit older, your cash value grows to 20000 If you die, you get the 20 plus the 80 to make the 100 So as you get older, your cost of insurance increases. You're actually paying for less insurance. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that's how the universal life works. That's okay. it. And one other thing I would add <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that uh, when you're also looking at cash value, um, once again, I love whole life. That's why I was referenced okay. that as my point, uh-huh. um, is that as that goes, um, as you see that cash value growing, um, you might reach a point where, say, you're, you're retiring and you don't want any more bills. And this is what I was mm-hmm. talking about with the paid up. Yep. This is what he's talking about. Yep. You can actually call us and say, hey, I've got X amount in my cash value. How much life insurance could I get if I just stopped paying? And generally we'll say, oh, you can get, you had a $50,000 policy. It looks like you can get 47000 without paying another cent. Okay, lock it in. You're done. done. You never pay another premium. That cash value pays for the insurance going forward. So you don't ever have to touch anything. So okay. we see a and lot. And our, our illustrations actually show that yeah. at every age, mm-hmm. what it would be. Yeah, because you can actually do it at any time, the policy. It it's mm-hmm. a, makes a lot more sense when you're older, mm-hmm. you know, in your 60s, 70s, things like that. one less bill to pay type yeah. of deal. Because, yeah. you know, for instance, if you purchase in your 20s and you've got, say, a $50,000 policy, when you're 30, you might be able to get a paid up of like 10000 yeah. or something like that. On, it on hasn't had day. time to build yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 But I say it's a lot of uses to a cash value, uh, not only from a death benefit standpoint, but also today 
mm-hmm. benefit. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you recommend for someone young like me to get term or whole life insurance or both? So term. <laughs> when you're younger, say like when you get married, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of things you need to cover. Mm-hmm. You're married now. You bought a house. You got a new car. Kids. You're working. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of stuff. So term plays a good part in that to where you can get a lot of coverage mm-hmm. for not a whole lot of money. Okay. But there comes a point when you get older where term insurance is not cost effective, where you have wanted to convert at some point, or when you put the term in place, do what they call a combo okay, or a blend. So say you need a $500,000 of life insurance, maybe do 400000 term and 100000 whole life or universal life. So when that term comes off where you know, you're not paying for college anymore, the house is paid off, you don't have as much debt and you don't have as much you need to pay for. Now you've bought that permanent policy at a younger age where the premium was low mm-hmm. and you funded it and that cash value is built. Now you have that. Okay. So a lot of times when we're looking at younger visuals and older ones too, but mainly in the young ones, we look at what we call blended strategy. So let's say we sit down and we're like, hey, you make this much a year. You've got two kids who, you know, you want to go to college, uh, you got a spouse that's going to need things after that, you kind of look at, well, 10 times your salary, and let's say it comes to 500000 So we might find ourselves where we do, say, 450 in term and then fifty in right. a whole life. And that way you kind of get the best of both worlds. Because mm-hmm. the idea is when you start to get older and you got to get more towards retirement, you pay off the house, you your kids move out, they're out of college. So technically you're responsibility should start kind of lessening. Yeah, yeah, start lessening. So when you finally get to that point where all that's taken care of and you're just making sure you're you're getting put in the ground, but also any taxes, death benefits, stuff like that, that 500000 you might only need, say, 100000 after right. it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. So you can start kind of looking at that. And that kind of goes back into that. Um, I think there's so many times when we look at life insurance, it's kind of a, uh, I hate to use the infomercial term, but set it and forget it type thing when really it should be a continuous conversation. Right. Maybe not. Because mm-hmm. you're just hitting different mm-hmm. stages of your life. You, yeah. you run into a lot of people who say, oh, I don't need life insurance once they retire. There are a lot of oh, reasons mm-hmm. why, you know, mm-hmm. Social Security. Yeah. You know, when you're married, you're working, your husband's working. Well, In yeah. a perfect world, mm-hmm. you die in a plane crash together, <laughs> but you don't. But then your That's kids not need what it. Happens. So, yeah. One of you mm-hmm. is probably going to predecease the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose a check in Social Security. Use life insurance to replace it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. one way. Charities, kids, inheritance. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have qualified money, which is like 401k money or mm-hmm. IRA money, it's taxable. Mm-hmm. You know, use the life. What, do you, what would you rather? Taxable money or life insurance money? Life insurance money? Why? Non-taxable. There you go. <laughs> I love the mouth yep. thing. Spend your, IRA, <laughs> spend your IRA money. Give your kids the tax-free money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing is that it's it's always evolving. Right. Um, you know, life insurance agents, uh, they're really experts. They're really good at looking at the overall picture. Um, you know, you're buying a new house. You're adding to the house. You're, you're Really, your kind of life insurance needs are going to fluctuate through your entire life. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. It, it kind of gets more to financial planning, I guess, mm-hmm. we're getting to, but... Yeah. yeah, just because you retire, it's just another phase. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how many in life insurance policies can I have? Or what's like an average amount that someone may I have? I would say it's really going to depend on the person. 
Okay. But the biggest thing that we look at and about every company looks at is when you're filling an application, we do ask you to kind of list off what other insurance policies you have. And the reason we do that is we want to make sure that it makes sense for you. So if someone, say, has makes $10,000 a year, lives on the side of the road, and suddenly has $15 million in life insurance, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Something's not mm-hmm. jiving there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So a lot of times we want to make sure that you're paying a you know, responsible amount. It's set up. So we might even look at that and say, hey, can we get some additional information on why you suddenly need $2 million in life coverage? Because what we're seeing, you don't. And so you might come like, well, you know, I've actually either made this gift or I've got this responsibility or, you know, I'm a key person in my company. There's a lot of factors. Um, and the thing is you can the roll that suitability in. suitability type yeah. angle. Yeah. And you can have that in one policy or 10 policies, you know, depending on right. how much you want to pay. So. Most mm-hmm. companies just look at the face amount, whether that's one policy or 10 policies. They mm-hmm. look at it as one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, because earlier I mentioned that blended strategy. Mm-hmm. So if we receive both those apps, we're actually looking from a $500,000 insurability. And you might come back and say, hey, I want a whole life, a UL, and a term to give me that 500000 Technically, you could do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you may have had bought life insurance policies at different times in your life. Like, oh, you bought a house. So you bought this 30-year term for to cover the 30-year mortgage. Or you bought a five-year term mm-hmm. to cover the, the car payment or five-year to cover uh, college costs. So you mm-hmm. could have however many, or you just bought 500000 at one time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or also you just literally buy policies. And I'm a big believer of if you've got a proof for a policy, never get rid of it. So I probably have about like 10 because, you know, I bought a house once and I have that policy still paying out because I bought it when I was, you know, what, 28. So mm-hmm. I know. Should you have bought more? <laughs> I probably should have because <laughs> at my age now, I know if I was to get that same policy, I'm going to be paying almost twice as much. So it's nice to keep that in force and keep moving forward. So it's one of those things I didn't search out to get 10 policies over the course of my lifetime but once you figure work and everything else they just kind of and that'll kind of go back to that Mm -hmm. first question you had about picking an agent yeah Mm -hmm. um everybody's financial situation is different yours is different than mine mine's different than rob's Mm -hmm. rob's is different than andy's so you want to make sure he's listening to you and he's just not putting everybody in a box the same box okay yeah, having an actual discussion. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's huge. And because one thing we really focus on with uh, our agents is building that relationship and having those. And our, we've talked about it, I don't know, about a thousand times on this podcast of just how important that is to have a relationship not only with your client, but with the carrier. Um, this is a relationship business. Right. Flat, I mean, Kurt says it all the time. It is relationship business. And unless you're having a good relationship, you're not really adding value to anybody. Right. So, mm-hmm. Oh, so why do certain policies not require as much information? Like the accelerated, you it's like a faster oh, application than the other ones? Okay, okay. Why is that? <laughs> so they are called simplified. So take the easy choice whole life uh-huh. or easy choice term. It's called simplified underwriting. So it's not guaranteed issue, but the way it's priced, that's why... They ask that they they only go through that series of questions and to oh, be okay. able to get it to go mm-hmm. through a lot quicker. And I kind of refer to those as uh, black box policies. Either you're inside the box or you're outside right. the box. Yes it, or no. Okay. Can answer pass fail no to all these seven questions. Boom, it's in force. If you have something outside that question, sorry, this isn't the policy right. for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas going to like a fully underwritten product is kind of where you get to that gray area where you know you might be have. You know, type 1 diabetes, something like that. So we can still get you a policy, but... You're going to pay more. When we look at life expectancy and other factors like that, 
you're going to have to pay a little more. And the product's designed to handle that, say, table one, table two. So mm-hmm. I would say away from our accelerator products, because that's kind of a different animal. Right. It's still fully underwritten. Yeah. Just done differently. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's more uh, electronic-based. We're pulling the information behind. So the client, per se, isn't providing as much information from themselves. We're just getting it from other sources, and it's coming okay. in. So it, it nice thing is it makes it efficient, not only for the agent, mm-hmm. but for the client, because they're not kind of going through giving blood, uh, doing EKG, Medical all these things records. like that. Mm-hmm. The worst. Yeah, the long, drawn-out process. So um, it really kind of depends on the situation for the client. Um, there's some that I we've talked to all the time that accelerated, though great, isn't a fit for everybody. We know that some people aren't going to pass through that right. uh, uh, filter, mm-hmm. and they need to go to a term select because they so really— So don't give them the illusion they will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they need, like, an actual underwriter to comb through their records, look at their blood work, and say, okay— we can go with this, but it's going to be this flat extra or a table rating and stuff. And you can always have it re-looked at later. I mean, they can always come back and look at it, but uh, it's probably going to be the biggest difference to what policies need and what okay. don't. So, yeah. Well, I think that is all the time we have. And I want to thank you very much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Thank you for yes. having me. This was fun. Yeah. I'm just going to say it that. Was so. fun. <laughs> you should come back again. We'll let her sing. I will. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, everyone, thank you for joining us here at Life Chat. We have a whole series of uh, different podcasts. Be sure to check them out, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.